0: Okay, Athletes Unite Conference, here we are. If you're here for bossed up and giving back the value of nonprofits in today's society, then you are in the right spot. Uh, Big shout out to Classy James and the ShakeOut team for for putting this together. Really excited for the panel here today. Uh, We've got some uh, wonderful human beings doing great work uh, in the community uh, and in business, and so excited for them to be able to tell their stories I'm gonna let them introduce themselves because these little cards here uh, don't do nearly the justice of uh, all that these uh, fine folks do. So uh, just briefly, my name is Josh Heyman, Uh, born and raised in Raleigh. Uh, Used to play the game of basketball, but uh, knew early on that I was not gonna make money in the game of basketball. I was not that good, Uh, but luckily, uh, you know, found my way into professional world as a CPA. Uh, Also uh, run a recruiting firm in the Raleigh-Durham area. Uh, and then recently in 2020, founded a nonprofit organization called Beyond Basketball, preparing youth for when the ball stops bouncing. Shout out to my program director, Michelle Douglas, right there. Shelly, Shelly, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, and with that, I'd love to uh, pass it on to Dr. Emerald Fulmore to introduce herself.
1: All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, as Josh stated, I'm Dr. Emerald Fulmore, and I'm actually a native of North Carolina, but I currently reside in Maryland. So my background is, it's not really a straight path, but I've been kind of a jack-of-all-trades and been in various different um, capacities and areas within sports, management, business, corporate America, government. So I'll just kind of do a quick rundown of all of the things that I've done. Currently, I am the um, founder and CEO of Empower With Purpose. Um, That stems from my athletic background. I started that actually um, December of last year of um, 2021. So fast forward, um, that kind of brought out some of the background skills that I did have prior to that. So I'm also a government worker through DHS. I'm also a full-time faculty member at Bowie State University as well. So I'm wearing all of those hats at the same time. And I also have an actual LLC doing credit education and financial literacy. That's um, a quick path of where I'm at now. But I do have over 16 years of athletic um, administrative experience within compliance. I've um, actually held a lot of hats. I've been a coach. Um, Sport of volleyball is my famous sport. I have a 12 year old who loves volleyball as well. Um, So she'll be going into that sport this year for her middle school. And the the thing that, that really prompted me to start my actual nonprofit was the background in athletics administration, being a woman of color. Um, There was not a lot of women of color in that leadership role. Um, That also prompted me within my dissertation writing and additional research that I'm currently doing as well with other administrators to get women of color into that athletic director role or any role within sports. Um, we have always um, had to, let's say, break that glass ceiling to get to those leadership roles and get to that seat at the table. It's always going to be a, an upward progress, but I think we should be doing more. So my role, um, being within um, the Empower Purpose initiative, is to actually do more, also reach out to the youth, start prompting them for that love of sports that they may have, going into that leadership role, because you build those leadership roles when you actually are in a team sport already. So how can you take those roles and apply it beyond high school, beyond college, going into your career in sports? So that's an overall summary, and we can dive a little bit more into that as we progress.
0: Thank you, Dr. Fulmore. On to you.
2: Hello, All uh, right, my name is Torian Robinson. Um, Currently, I'm the president of People and Culture for Dreamville, um, J-, J. Cole's entertain, uh, multidisciplinary entertainment company. It started as a record label that has since grown to a multi-platform entertainment company. I specifically and my team oversees uh, operational infrastructure. So you know, when you think HR, finance, IT, but also our impact work in uh, our Dreamville Foundation, which our foundation has specifically uh, been designed to support you know, youth uh, and help close the op- uh, opportunity gap for those that are in the Fayetteville uh, area and beyond. And so them and their families, how do we support organizations like theirs doing the work uh, within the community? And so, you know, I have a a non-tradition, you know, like you said, a path, uh, but I've been in this intersection of, you know, sports, entertainment, impact, uh, private and public, you know, throughout my career. I started my career in finance. Uh, in New York City, but that's, you know, I was on a retail banking side, and I stu- mentioned that specifically because I was managing a branch in Times Square. And so it was one of those things where, like, I was connected to Broadway. Uh, I quickly saw, you know, it was that intersection of like entertainment and impact because a lot of times people would use the banks you know for sponsorship you know so if it was an entertainer if it was uh, sports that needed you know initiative or funder of course they would come to banks and so from there i pivoted to community work and you know so i've done all sides of fundraising and programmatic from a non standpoint and i always note that because when people think about or you know ask how you got to dreamville it's like when you think of the things that i have to do you know within uh, the company it was really a culmination of all of those things and so our, you know when i made that transition to dream dreamville i just noted that you know athletes and entertainers t- tend to have you know our, ch- our youth ear and have some of the most power uh you know most influence in our communities and I, I think sometimes you know we shun that you know as a community it's like oh you know you know educators and you know professionals and that's good and you know we're talking about pathway passports for a lot of athletes here and what type of careers you could go on to but there is power in what you've done and like we should own the ability that a lot of times sports and entertainment does you know uh, appeal to the youth and of course the community that loves uh, following it as fans And so taking that and just understanding how we use that type of influence or awareness to actually do meaningful work And that was the thing that really attracted me you know coming to dreamville because even outside of the found uh foundation side when we talk impact you know a lot of what myself or the team tends to do would be around like you know working with our projects or working with our artists like you know when they do have an interest in doing something you know just help devising you know unique ways or strategies to make the most meaningful impact you know sometimes you see you know someone say i want to do a back to school drive and it's like that's great but have you looked at it from this way or how do we execute on it so i you know i look forward to having this discussion with you all you know i wanted to jump on it because i think there's you know i've been on the receiving end to a, not, a lot of uh, influential folks and athletes that have come to some of these organizations that are asking to support or be involved but you know i feel like i could offer up some advice you know to you know the audience here
0: thanks torian
3: on to you derek hey how are you doing good afternoon my name is derek lane the founder of the inner lane foundation so my story is a, is a little different. Um, I grew up in Atlanta, but I, I, I'm originally born in Muncie, Indiana. So I've been in Atlanta maybe 20, 20 plus years. So I guess I'm an ATA land now. So, um, But my foundation, uh, we do a lot of uh, community relations work. Um, we do basketball camps um, for underprivileged in the community. We do back to school drive, just like you mentioned. Um, this will be our fourth annual back to school drive coming up where we've given out. Uh, thousands of book bags in our community uh, based around Cobb County, Marietta, and the Wheeler High School area. What's up, BJ? It's my guy who went to Wheeler. Um, but yeah, so that that's really community-based. And uh, I'm a former athlete, former basketball player. I went to the University of Georgia, uh, SEC Hall of Famer in basketball. And um, like I said, went to the great Wheeler High School as well. So I'm, a, I'm Georgia all the way around. Um, but nonprofit is, is really my passion. I really want to give back and really show and give hope to the community, and give hope to the underprivileged. So, um, like I said, it's the fourth annual back-to-school giveaway. Uh, we're we're at thousands in now, and uh, we want to go from a thousand to ten thousand. And that's our nonprofit side. And we also have a retail side of our In the Lane brand as well, uh, where we do we sell basketballs. We sell basketballs in the retail. we in play it again sports in fifteen to twenty locations across the southeast, and we're growing. Um, so, it's, it's really the in the lane brand, it's just a total retail side and also the nonprofit side. But to be honest, I want to make tons of money, of course, just like everybody else, but I want to put tons of smiles on kids' faces around the community. That's our, that's our goal. Um, just like we talked before, like, you know, people want to get rich and buy mansions and Bentleys, and I want to get rich and do more in the community. You know, I want to be able to give out 10,000 book bags, 10,000 lunches. So, nonprofit is our passion with our In the Lane brand, and we're just happy to be here. I Appreciate Classy James for inviting me out, and uh, we're gonna to continue to grow and continue to get better and represent for the nonprofits and represent for the underprivileged in the community.
0: Thanks, Derek. Uh, jumping into my next question, you know, it sounds like you all are involved in a lot of different things, right? And um, some for-profit, some nonprofit. Torian, in your role. There's the business aspect of your ownership as well as then the foundation side. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of nonprofit, how do y'all keep it all together? We could start with you and come this way, Derek, but how do you keep things organized and how do you have enough time for all the things that you've got going on?
3: Organization, it's hard. I mean, like you said, you're doing two sides. You got nonprofit and you got for-profit. It's, it's really hard, but it takes a team. Uh, like uh, the young man was speaking before we came up about delegating. You know, you have to have a team. You have to delegate, and you have, you can't take on every responsibility. So you just got to really work hard and get a good team behind you that's really helping you. And also, they got to have that same passion and drive that you have. You know, if you can find people uh, of that likeness, I think you can have a great, great foundation. You can have a great uh, business. So that's the whole thing. Just delegate and and, and trust your team and trust others. Michael Jordan had to trust others before he won his championship. So that's what we got to do.
0: Now you're exactly right. And I think to that point, you know, finding people who share the same mission, the same vision, the same interest in helping the community, the same interest in, you know, making the impact that you're looking to make is of utmost importance because you're only one person, you're only one person, you're only one person. So how how it works is only gonna work through other people embracing that as well. Yeah. I mean,
2: not to repeat, I mean, like you said, people, you need people who can't do it alone, but also structure. Like where I am dealing with two sides of a business from nonprofit to for profit. Traditionally, in my experience, I mean I either worked within a nonprofit you know so it is it's, it's virtually impossible to do you can't and so let me not sell it like i'm doing it on my own i do have a you know it was small and mighty but i do have two people that report into me one that particularly has run the foundation uh, over the last 4 to 5 years and so you know, I'm able to lean in, but just offer, you know, a perspective and guidance and strategy. But yeah, you you, you could not, there's no balance to it. Uh, and just like you said, like, I mean, even if we looked at it, since we're talking to a bunch of athletes, I saw like a meme, of, you know, talking about how dope Dion was. And you realize like he played two sports. That is not the norm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you really perfect your craft within the lane that you're in. So if there is a passion for nonprofit. Uh, or impact, you know, you'll spend time really focusing on that and building that out uh, until you bring on the team that can help you scale and then if you want to do other things, then you could kind of do that, but you're not going to try to do it all at the same time effectively.
1: I totally agree with that. Um, I'll take that lean-in option because I can honestly say I was so used to doing things, uh, I guess, by myself. Um, I felt like I could do it better. No one knows your craft or no one knows the job better than the one that's starting it. So I felt like I could do it all. But it took that lean in to actually reach out to others that understood the business in terms of nonprofit in addition to the for-profit, understanding um, who I needed to contact understanding the hours, understanding the stress that goes into it, understanding those those pitfalls, understanding the highs and the lows of things that you might experience because you can't do it alone. It, will, it definitely takes time to actually grow this type of um, entrepreneurship, but it also takes that capacity of being able to trust others as well. So I think I've truly have opened my eyes to to allowing others to help me and and also asking for help when i need it and not always trying to do it by myself because it is very tasking so i've been blessed with um friends i've been blessed with families um i've actually i'm gonna share this story and she's she's probably gonna be mad with me but my partner she's here and i have literally drug her along to to promote the brand wearing t-shirts and and doing all these things but she keeps me organized because I was so used to having certain things in my mind and and not actually writing them down but she has been that person to write things down so I'm learning to be like you know what let me take a step back she's helping me and getting this thing in order to keep it running and keep it propelling forward so being able to have that support system is very valuable when it comes to diving into a a, a environment such as this it truly is
0: absolutely and I think you know the the consistent theme is is team team matters Uh, you know not trying to be everything for one organization but finding people that you can work through that can extend the impact that you're making is extremely important because especially if you've got the nonprofit side as the side hustle, if if it is that side hustle, you're, you're only going to be able to do so much. Um, so that's that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Uh, next next question would be, you know, from a funding standpoint. So uh, nonprofit funding, I'll, I'll, I'll share, is not easy. It's not easy to find funding. Uh, and Torian, you know, your role within the foundation, um, you know, where you all are funding nonprofits, is an important role. So if you think about Um, you know, Dr. Fulmore and and Derek's role uh, running a nonprofit and Torian's role and the team at Dreamville figuring out where they want to use the funds for the foundation to invest in the nonprofits. Um, It's not easy to find funding as a nonprofit. That's one of the things that, you know, preparing myself for the nonprofit world was probably the most difficult thing to think through. It wasn't Staying organized for me as a CPA by trade, a type A, I've got everything all laid out, but the fundraising piece is no joke. Um, talk to me a little bit just about y'all's experiences within fundraising, because there's a lot of businesses that through their for profit will fund nonprofit, but there's also a lot of nonprofits that start from scratch and need to find that funding and don't have the privilege to fund it themselves. Tell me a little bit about your story.
1: Okay, sure. So I will approach this from two different um, experiences that I've currently um, have had. I've actually started trying to apply and um, look out for, reach out to banks, reach out to other entrepreneurs to actually assist with funding my nonprofit. One of my good friends, Jessica Brown, um, she runs College Girl Foundation. Her book is um, How to Pay for College When You're Broke. I um, met her when I worked at Howard University. Um, young lady, she worked in the financial aid office, so she understood financial literacy. And when she graduated from Howard University, she branched out and just propelled and took off. But I know it took a lot of grit, a lot of work. So I leaned on her to understand, how do I reach out to other corporate entities or, or other administrators? How do I start with the ask of, Assisting me with growing the foundation or growing the nonprofit. Because my ultimate goal is to give back and to build scholarships. So she has the experience of getting scholarships for her nonprofit, for her, her foundation, and she has a for profit. So just leaning in on her, understanding those aspects, because I've been told no several times by email that I did not qualify for any funding due to them not, um, banks not lending money out to nonprofits. So, but that will not stop me, that's the goal. You have to keep persevering forward because eventually you're gonna get a yes. So that has truly been my experience in terms of getting the no's, but there's always um, a light at the end of the tunnel. So I have a lot of connections that, um, of administrators for women of color that work in athletics. On the, they work on the professional um, side as well. And now my goal is, and and I've been told, I need to start reaching out to those connections and networks that I have because they will support me. And lo and behold, I have a lot of friends that are here in the um, Atlanta region, and they are willing to help me. Because some of those administrators, they actually helped me with my dissertation. And my mindset was not to, oh, reach back out to them to see if they can assist me with the nonprofit. But light bulb came on, you already know people. They've had the experience, they, they're in the profession, they're looking to help others get into the world of sports. Simply just go and start with the ask. So now I'm preparing a plan to actually start reaching out to them more and more because they have actually been that support system for me when it comes to higher education because I'm a, I'm, I work in the sports management department so they've come in, they've been speakers for my students. They see the passion that I have and the drive that I have to see these students um, be successful and graduate within four years, if not five years, but also to have a career in sports outside of that degree. So my, like I said, my goal is to start building scholarships to recruit more people in the world of sports, to come in and get their education first and foremost, and also to start learning the business and how to actually go into your own avenue and your career path for something that's a fit for you and also that's going to help you be successful so that you can give back to others. So at the end of the day, that, that kind of puts a, a circle effect on how I see this going in terms of getting those funds to come back into my nonprofit.
3: Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, that's a challenging part of it. Um, the funding is is, is, is really challenging um, just just with us. I mean, the funding part for us is just most of the time we're doing it out of pocket. You know, you're doing it, you know, taking money out of your household. There's my lovely wife right there. She's been upset with me for years, you know. But, you know, I had to persevere and, and keep pushing and look at the big picture. So we went from doing it out of our pocket to now in our fourth year with our back to school. Uh, we have Target. We have Zaxby's. We have Coca-Cola. Um, Atlanta Hawks, um, we have pretty much every everyone that's um, helping us, you know, helping us give back. So just persevere, uh, just keep working hard, keep pushing at it, and as long as your your heart is pure and you have genuine intention, I think it, it, everything will come full circle for you, and we still have a long way to go. You know, I'm still, you know, pretty much, you know, doing a little bit, but it, it's gotten a little bit, it gotten much better, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm staying passionate, I'm staying... Pers- understand, you know, keep persevering and just keep working hard and I do see the big picture and then once I see those smiles on the kids faces I think that really keeps me motivated and that keeps me working even harder
2: I'm gonna take a different a little different approach because I wanted the the programs and the non-profits to kind of speak through that uh, just so I know the audience how many people have a non-profit or interested in a nonprofit? okay I mean I'm assuming you're here but we're using the term nonprofit. we have a cpa up here at the end of the day like to me i mean that's a tax term you know and so when we talk what we're talking about the things we're doing i mean it's really about impact and so i start there to simply say you know how what impact you're trying to make what's the business structure that's going to support that and what we're ultimately talking about from a fundraising standpoint is just what's the access to capital and so a lot of times in order to do the work you know and i'm saying that as a former fundraiser as a bank manager you know, when I started my career, I literally had a million-dollar deal in Harlem, you know, to bring in the bank, and we wouldn't do it because it was a church, and it was a not—it was a reputational risk. So, again, when we just talk about access to capital, to do what you do and whatever, you know, impact business that you have, you see different models. You know, there's different for-profit and non-profit models that, that could do similar impact, but it just comes with different regulations. And you realize you could tap into different pools of money, but then they could be, certain restrictions. So I just wanted to start that as you guys have, if you haven't formulated, I know we'll probably get to that, Um, you know, there's pros and cons, but I'm just speaking from, you know, someone that's worked in, you know, traditional nonprofit. At the end of the day, you know, after all of this experience, I realize it's just, we're trying to solve for impact, there are different ways to do it. And so I say that knowing that we're talking access to capital, it is difficult, you know what I mean? And so even if you're, you know, you, there's disparities, you, I mean, you've seen it since 2020. So whether it's the nonprofit trying to get a loan from a bank, so you're not thinking about that as traditional fundraising to help with operations or scaling up, you know, there is uh, there was disparities that were highlighted in 2020 where, you know, there was inequality in, you know, Foundations, you know, so major institutional foundations that you may be aware of, giving you know funds to organizations led by people of color. You know what I mean? So there was disparities in that. So it's already hard, you know, as a nonprofit. But then now add that fact in. So it's really difficult because a lot of the things or the questions that we that we may ask as a fundraiser. You know, I've done major gifts. I've done, you know, corporate. You know, and so I've seen it at all levels. You know, there's just certain things that a lot of times if you're getting started out you know you just have the ability to answer like you don't, you're not evidence-based you have you just have a passion you know and so you you know they're like how many kids have you heard of you know what's the evidence what was the progress you know your evaluations and all of these things that again as you think about it you know we'll get to in more like i guess how you get started but you know it, it, it becomes challenging uh to go to some of these traditional areas uh I, i'm not telling you don't but just understand like Depending on your structure, you're going to have some barriers, or there's just some rules of engagement that you can just learn through resources like ourselves and experiences that you know that that may help or aid in your ability to scale up and to make the impact that you have. But at the end of the day, I'm just wanted to come from the angle of all of it we're talking about is impact, and how do you get capital? So whether it's from individuals. Oh, and lastly, I'll just quickly say, through the, with nonprofit though, there's also very specific what you found. Is there are specific things that people are interested in, which is my issue with nonprofits or the challenge of it, where you know you could probably raise funds. It's already difficult to raise funds as a business owner, I mean as a for-profit business owner. But people invest in businesses, for-profit businesses very different than nonprofits. And so someone may give you a million dollars for a nonprofit, but it comes with so many restrictions and so many asks when you're just like, look, just give me the money and get out the way and let me do what I need to do. And so so, I just wanted to note that as someone, I've, I've realized like with nonprofits, when you think of the, the type of impact you're making, a lot of times there are categories that people generally give to that are more, you know, I'm not telling you to shift your model, but they are just generally categories that people tend to give to that you may be out of scope for. And so when people may give to a, to a school or a higher ed or arts-based institution or faith-based institution, if you're not doing that, you, you may find it's already a small, smaller pool of money to access simply because people just care about certain things differently
0: uh, in nonprofits. Torian, yeah. keep the mic for a second. Tell us a little bit about how... Dreamville Foundation specifically makes its decisions on what nonprofits you all decide to fund. What, so
2: what I'll say with Dreamville so when I came on board so Dreamville Foundation traditionally has been more it was, still is is a private family you know family foundation so you know how we've decided is really you know in line with you know you know Jermaine and 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 also you know the leaders that have managed it prior to me when i came on board the desire is to scale out but it's also i joined in the middle of covid and so a lot of my work has been around strategy and scaling and it's been, uh and we found ways to support or new so instead of making you know grants you know during this global pandemic that has impacted everyone it was more thinking like what ways can we be involved or impactful so could it be, is there an opportunity to bring awareness to an organization? Is there a, w- a way to sit on the board or help advise in their structure? So when we get to the point where you can make a, you know, a grant, we can. Uh, is it helping them fundraise? And so we're finding we found ways. So it's a little tricky to say it like that, but traditionally it's really been you know at the whim of the leaders to say, hey, this organization, you know, has has made a request. Uh n- we we don't knowing that we've we've been knowing we've knowing the experience we have, like a lot of organizations, we're not putting them through the ringer that some traditional, you know, foundations have made where it's like you gotta provide this report or things like that. A lot of it has been our participation in the initiative. Um uh, we've done a lot of work through our found, uh through the festival uh in Raleigh, um where we have some of the folks that have uh, attended uh but we we the foundations involved with that in local organizations. So that's how we've done but, you know, other organizations I worked with, you know, a lot of it would be like vetting and RFPs, you know, um, if there was just an RFP out for, you know, for to donate under this category. So I've been in organizations where we've decided that way. And of course you evaluate the organization and meet
0: them um, if they're able to, you know, if they're of quality. I think we've all probably been in those conversations where you're sitting down with a, a potential uh, you know, a capital uh, resource and you can tell if it's going to be more of the feel and the passion or it's going to be black and white reporting and, yeah. and numbers and um, all those things. And, and, I, and, and there's not one that's better or worse than the other. Um, but if you find the potential donor who is really rocking with what you're doing and the mission, you usually have to sell a little bit less. You usually have to prove after the fact that what you did with the money you brought in was was relevant and impactful. Um, but those are the best potential donors that uh, that donate without a lot of the strings attached. I think you know, beyond basketball as an example, we have not taken government funding because in a lot of ways there are usually a lot of checks and balances and you have to use it for exactly this or exactly that. And as a newer nonprofit organization, it's oftentimes very difficult to be, okay, this is exactly where it's gonna go from here to here, but just the same, many of the corporate uh, donations that you might receive might not have those same restrictions as government. And so uh, for those of you thinking about starting a nonprofit or in early stage nonprofit, um, you know, the more governmental funding you're going after, the more reporting and capabilities you got to be proving out. And sometimes that can be difficult for, you know, a young organization. So you really think through earlier, we heard a lot about the network of resources. Dr. Fulmore mentioned that she already knew a lot of people, right? Now, a lot of those people, she's got to educate on what she's doing from a nonprofit standpoint so that they, they, they already know what she's about. And now they know that she's doing this, and then it's more likely, obviously, that they're going to think through their network on, how they can put her in position to be successful for the community uh, that she wants to impact. So um, that's great feedback. Um, jumping down to the, to the next question, um, you know, one of the things I think is very important in, in nonprofit and foundational work is partnership with other groups in the community that you're serving, right? The idea of community partnership, the idea that, um, you know, a nonprofit need not own the supply chain of an entire event or program, but rather work with others doing great things in the community, and there are so many people doing great things in the community. Uh, can y'all share a little bit about how, um, how, you know, especially as you were getting off the ground, um, how some of those community partnerships took form and how that helped potentially propel the mission and the impact and getting you into the right circles?
3: Oh, it's a great question. I, I think the uh, the base for us was our community partners has always been in education. So uh, our high school has always been behind us, one hundred percent. Middle school, I went to elementary, so the whole community. So we base we're based on education. So our partners are just pushing us, you know, to go harder and just do more, uh, help the kids. You know, our our principal came out last year to our back to school and, and stood in the line and helped us pass out book bags. You know, so that's the thing that that really uh keeps us motivated as well and you know he 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 we passed out a couple of book bags, he said, oh yeah, that's one of my students, you know, and and the student was smiling, the parents were smiling. So that's really our base. Our base is education and can just continue that partnership. And I think with those kind of partnership, of course you want the you know the funding aspect of it. But you know, once you have the education aspect and you have those partners behind you, funding and everything will come into play. I'll be
2: I'll be quick. Um, it's a challenge like i so i worked for an organization in harlem um that's been a national model for place-based organizations and like in my role my program i had 10 partnerships with uh, traditional 10 programs seven partnerships with traditional after school programs within a public school system so it was seven different principals, and we were like a community quarterback but at the same time what we recognized is i mean we can't do it all i mean so we I would also form partnerships so, with other organizations that may have the experience to provide that resource. That is difficult. Um, they're there, but it's just it's a, it's a challenge because our philosophy was not only do you have to find that, that community organization, they have to be on your same value system or that same level of quality. And so I remember meeting with the founder of this organization, our, our organization, that said, it was the OG, he said, uh, I was like, why haven't we gotten into housing? and he basically said uh you know over the years we tried we had some a couple community partners that were focused on affordable housing they just didn't meet our our, a level on our bar of expect uh excellence and so we never got it so that was just a niche that we never you know uh focused on and so we tried to solve it ourselves but it was just a difficult thing so they're necessary and i say that specifically about the place-based uh organizations simply because at the end of these days these community those organizations that you're talking about partnering with they're subject matter experts to the community. They know the community, they've been in there, Uh, they know the audience, so you you need to work with them. But the challenge would be, you know, not only are you gonna bring, it's like putting together an all-star team, like you could put together a whole all-star team, but (laughs) did everyone need to make it? Uh, (laughs) So it is a difficult thing, but you do need, because you cannot do it alone, unless you have, you know, that much capital and not too many nonprofits actually have that. And they shouldn't try to solve for everything because they should, you know, kind of focus on their niche. But it is a necessary need, but just trying to find that partner is a difficult journey.
1: I would say utilizing the faculty hat that I have now with the university at Bowie State University, I've overall built relationships with all of the other positions that I've held. Um, So I've had the opportunities to start building relationships in the community when having our student-athletes go out into the community. from the the compliance side, I've done educational um, events, talking to parents, talking to um, high school coaches, talking to athletic um, directors on the high school um, level. So I think the relationships that I've formed from that experience and from that career path, now utilizing my full-time faculty hat, it has allowed me to build even more upon the experience that i've had then up until now so i've been actually lucky because i have other um faculty members within my department who have been reaching out to other professional entities at this time so we've been looking at talking with the Bowie bay Sox, which is our uh, minor league baseball team um one of um, my i'm call her my good friend because when we got on the phone, we instantly connected. So um, Ms. Deanna Tyler, who is one of the um, senior marketing directors for the Washington Commanders, um, we've starting to build relationships with those entities because they see the drive, they see the passion, they see what we're trying to do in terms of working with students and student athletes so that they can have those opportunities at the end of the day and actually get the experience that they need. So um, those community relationships have been very key in terms of my path and what I'm doing and what I'm looking to do. And I want that to to really kind of spread out amongst all of those that I'm working with as well. So when they know that, okay, you're coming into Empower With Purpose and you go to my website, I have administrators that I'm highlighting often to say, these are the administrators who empower wherever they are within the U.S. They're, they're empowering others to get into sports. So it's always just being able to tap into those um, individuals that you know. In and, and, and events like this, you can always find community partners because someone is doing something within their community, whether they're a student or whether they're professional. That's the time is... is to do it is now at events such as this. Because I never thought about it um, to the extent when I worked with all the um, collegiate um, institutions, when I sat on NCAA committees, all of those individuals that I connected with then, that I kept a relationship with, that was my opportunity to, to really say, I have always been working in the community and doing various things. And they've been doing amazing things. How can I tap into what they're doing to help them? And, it, and it's not always having to reach out and say, oh, you need to pay me for something. I, I enjoy doing this because I see that there is going to be an impact and it's going to affect someone in the positive light. So that's why I, I enjoy doing this when ter- when it comes to nonprofit, but just utilizing, like we talked about the resources, you, utilizing those resources that's in the community. Um, I haven't, I didn't talk about this, but. I really truly love volleyball because I went to the boy, um, the Bowie Boys and Girls Club, and my daughter wanted to just join a volleyball team. But it was through one of the connections that I had, um, one of my fellow colleagues who was actually in the doctoral program. His daughter was playing volleyball, and he actually coached her team. So I don't know how I got pulled into coaching as well. I did, but that opened up the door for another community partner, a relationship at the Bowie Boys and Girls Club, so now I forever have that relationship to assist me anytime I need some assistance, but also to keep building on what they have going on so that I can then give back and help out as well. Thank you. Um,
0: I know we're coming close to time, and I wanna leave a few minutes for any questions that y'all have. We know that music's gonna start going at three o'clock pretty loud, Um, but my last question for you all, and then we'll open it up to, uh, to anyone else would be, I think I've talked to 10 or 15 people who mentioned to, you know, yesterday and today, they're thinking of starting a nonprofit or they're close to or they just did or what have you. So obviously there's a lot of hearts for the community in this room as well as at the conference. What would be the one piece of advice you'd give to someone who is thinking about starting their own nonprofit organization?
1: I would say go for it um, because one of my good friends always told me this. What can they say? They can either say yes or no. Okay, so I always go back to starting with the ask because then you can say, okay, well this person told me no but you may have 10, 15 people down the road and then someone says, oh, I see where you're going with this. This looks like a, a great program for me to invest in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that yes partner for you so that you can get started. So There will be a yes but it, it, it may take you a few no's. It may, you may jump over a few hurdles, a few mountains. You may go through a few swamps. But at the end of the day, you will be able to get through those challenges. And once you get to that that yes, then things will start to flourish. Um, I'm, a, I'm a strong believer in my, in my faith. So be my partner. We pray every day about the things that we want our Heavenly Father to, to bless us with. So I keep that first and foremost in, in our, both of our lives because when you have the, the, the drive and the passion, you're not doing it by yourself. There's other things that, that goes into doing that. So I, I truly believe in just saying yes to those that, that I know I can say yes to because I see the, the drive, I see the passion and I know where I started and we all have to start somewhere, okay? So let us be a resource to you that's what I would, I would honestly say. Thank you.
2: Ultimately, do it. <laughs> um, but I, the question I would ask, you know, you should ask yourself first or do some research. Are there, is there an organization similar to what you're trying to do uh, locally that you could just become part of, you know, volunteer, ultimately join the board, just become active? I feel like there's a lot, you know, going back to when we talk fundraising, you know, it becomes harder, especially within a certain community. It becomes harder when there's more you know, competitors. We're not competitors because we're all doing the same work and there's more than enough you know, uh, people that need the support. But it becomes harder when you're all vying for, for, for the same dollars from the few small institutions. And so if there was a way to amplify and, and help and establish one that does have that brand equity, that does have that longevity, You know, I would say start there. And then ultimately you can learn from them, advise them that if you feel like at that point you want to continue to do, you know, your own because you have a specific passion and a specific niche, do that. But let's help scale up or build up some of these organizations that are doing the work and they just need someone of your talent, of your mind, and your passion.
3: Yeah, I I echo that. Just do it. Just do it, um, just, you know, if you have that, that vision and you have that passion and, and that love for others and the love for your community, just get out there and just, you know, put your hard hat on, put your boots on, strap it up, and go hard. Go hard for your community. Go hard for the kids. Go hard for everybody. You know, I think, of course, it's going to be hard in the beginning, but at the end of the day, um, the smiles and, and, and to helping change someone's life, even if you change one life, even if you keep one kid that, that, that thought about dropping out of school, you know, if he, if he decide, hey, look, you know, I want to I want to have a nonprofit one day. I want to give back one day. I want I want to be great in the community one day. You know, you're doing your job. You know, we see thousands of kids, but if it's one, you know, each one to each one, we're just trying to help and trying to trying to give back and and save our community one child at a time. So yeah, just do it. Just keep keep the passion and whatever you're doing, not just the kids, adults as well. You know, everybody need a little help. Everybody needed a push. You know, we're thinking about doing job fairs and different things going forward. Um, so, you know, just just go out, just go hard, and, and um, just do what you have to do.
0: And, and I think, you know, that, that those are all great, great feedback points. I, I would echo the sentiment that there are a lot of great organizations out there doing great things. And if you are thinking about starting a nonprofit and have not volunteered heavily with a nonprofit or multiple nonprofits, then you're not gonna have the right experiences to set your nonprofit up for success. And so, you know, serve on boards, volunteer, get out in the community, talk to the community. What does the community need that it does not have, you know, and and really ground your mission and vision in your experiences as well as, you know, what the needs of the community are. So um, open it up. Anyone have questions for our panelists? Yes, sir, I saw your hand first.
3: Great question. Uh, for the most part, um, starting off before you get your documentation, for the most part, you know, it's it's a collective from family, friends, you know, coming out your own household, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Someone don't need a write-off. You know, that's just being honest. You know, and once you get your once you get your documentation proper, you always want to do it the right way you know, do your business the right way. Now you can go speak with corporate sponsors and go speak with different people that can help you. Um, So now, you know, when everything is in place, and like I said, you know, with Zaxby's, the Hawks, and you know, different people, major sponsors that we have, that just comes from connection, just being out here before you even were were able to reach that level. And so you go out and do your groundwork, and then once you come back and show them the feedback of what you've been doing in your community and the people that you're touching, it's a little bit easier you know but so that's that's really the thing just with anything business and anything just do your groundwork first and then everything else will work itself
0: out bootstrap i would definitely agree with that i mean i th- I think you know you've got to show and prove early on and uh if you if you expect others to give you money before you can Show what you've done, then it's it's probably not it's probably not happening. Yeah,
1: I just wanted to add one thing to that. I actually took my experience from when I coached at um, Johnson C. Smith University. It's a private institution, so we worked on um, getting funds from endowments. So I took that experience that I learned from that, and when I coached, I couldn't pull from my, my scholarship budget to say, "Oh, I wanted to go out here and, and travel to West Palm Beach, Florida, for a tournament." I had to literally get out in the community. I had to write letters say, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what I'm working to, to get to. This is for my student athletes. We are just trying to raise funds. So I would tap into those local restaurants. I would tap into the community partners that we may have connections with. I would tap into our alumni base to see who could support us. So I had already had kind of like that mindset um, before going into having my own nonprofit. So just really just taking those experiences and pulling them fast forward was able to assist me.
0: Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. I in this space, change your foundation right
1: now? that I got it to I feel that it would just put in the atmosphere. Somebody somebody, so I just want to like what's the number Look, I totally understand that and I'll be have all day. But um, I would say it's case by case because when I think about what I'm looking to do in terms of assisting students with scholarships, it's gonna be on a need base. So I, I think about my need-based scholarships. What do you need in order for you to get into college um, to support your education so for me it's a little bit it may be a little bit different um, than our other panelists but I'm looking at okay how can I maybe I can assist with two or three book scholarships or something like that but also we got to look at the the kind of details behind if you're giving that that scholarship to make sure that that you can give that student a scholarship especially when it comes to being student athletes now with all my compliance hat so I want to make sure that I'm in the parameters of their financial aid package as well I'm not going or exceeding that so now we could tie in the NILs okay maybe they can give some funding and support them maybe for a, a business oh maybe I'm I can have a student come out and showcase and do a, a community day for the students but I'm going to be able to give them this check to support them in terms of their scholarships or their image and likeness so it's very av- very different avenues that I look at in terms of wearing all those hats and just bringing it all together. Um, so the dollar amount for me can be from, a, like I said, a book scholarship all the way up to a full scholarship. It just depends on where the student will be going. So.
2: I'm not speaking for the foundation since we're <laughs> private, uh, but since we're putting numbers in the atmosphere for the organizations I'm associated with or been part of, 100 million. You know, um, you know, it's, it's when you talk about life-changing um, impact or sustainable like we need to be talking like those type of dollars and so i don't care where it comes from it could come from private some of it come from federal but when you want to move the needle within these communities that we're serving like it has to be you know big money
3: that's that's great um, i'll be honest that that number didn't cross my mind I was, I like, <laughs> no no no, let me no, no that's right the sky's the limit let, let's let let's go to the stars i'm 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 with that hundred percent, but you know uh it's it's the piggyback on what she said as well is just case by case, you know however you can help and however you can you know touch the community, you know some cases may need a thousand dollars, you may have another case where you can build and have a hundred thousand, so it's just really case by case and what you can do to grow, but you know I'm with Tori as well, a hundred million bring it on you know, and the, the more that we can do you know, and it's not the hundred million going to our pockets it's a hundred million to help. You know, so that's right. 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 I love it. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm, with I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. So that, yeah. That that's that's where that's where we're at. So yeah, definitely. Um, and you always need those budgets to grow. You know, you can't do everything by yourself. Just like we need a team to help, you know, work on these projects and do different things. You definitely need the funding as well. So yeah, the sky's the limit with that.
0: And Amani, I'll share that Beyond Basketball is a budget of about $150,000, not a lot, early stage, we're growing, but I've got a business plan written on a million dollar budget per year, right? Not a hundred million, but a million dollar budget. Hey, find us it. Hey, we're gonna get it, we're gonna get it, absolutely. Um, Well, I I think we are at time. Thank you all so much for your attention. Thank you guys, Uh, thank thank you. Thank our panelists, thank Thank our panelists. Thank
3: you very much. Wonderful,
0: thank y'all. Thank you so much.